Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast. I'm here with Jim, who's uh, once again, you know, getting his workout on. He's at the gym, uh, always working hard. Jim, how's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. It's, uh, good. it's good to see that one of the two of us is putting the work in and uh, <laughs> going the extra mile, quite literally. I think you're on the bike right now, right? Yeah, well, we're always putting the work in. It's just a different kind of work, right? <laughs> there you go. Squeeze it in when you can and get as much exercise as possible. So if you can tackle two birds with one stone, you try to do it. So this is episode 27. Um, it took me 26 episodes to finally miss one, unfortunately. But uh, you uh, you tackled it last week by yourself. And it, it sucks because it was a pay-per-view prediction show, but at least I get to be here for you know, the, the Fallout show and see what happens at the pay-per-view and subsequent Raw SmackDown. So that's good. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a different feel when you're doing it by yourself. It's not nearly as much fun. But oh, I, uh, I did what I could. I threw a couple clips in there from you know, WWE videos and stuff like that, just to try to make it as entertaining as possible for half an hour. Yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, I, I checked it out. Uh, it would have been fun, to, like I said, to get our, uh, our predictions in. and Because we usually agree on, let's say, half. But then there's a few that we have, like, very, you know, polar opposite opinions on sometimes. So that's uh, next review. Next review, we'll make sure we get, uh, we get together and we get that, that in. But well, how sells the, the next one for, for WWE, and that's going to be a big one. So that'll be a fun one to do. Yeah. Yep. I can already think of at least one match that, and we'll get into it later, but at least one match that maybe could create some kind of uh, controversy. I think we're going to be on the same page, but I'm not sure WWE is going to agree with this one. So we'll see. Uh, you had Gulak winning and he, he defended his title in a triple threat match. That's fine. I think uh, we're both on the same page there. You know, Gulak is probably the, the best person right now to just keep the, the, the character we're going on that brand and he won. It was a nice little 10-minute match. Actually, not bad for a pre-show, right? The, the pre-shows always seem to produce. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see what they do with everything from 205 Live because from what I've heard, they're integrating that into NXT, the brand. So whether or not they keep the name or they keep the stars there and move them over, I'm not really sure what they're going to do, but Gulak is that guy right now, anyway, in that brand to kind of maybe carry the platform into the NXT. So whether or not they find another star to join him as a face of the cruiserweight division, or if they just put them in NXT completely and don't separate the cruiserweights anymore, I'm not really sure. So what they're going to do with that title, what they're going to do with that brand, I don't know. But uh, for now, Gulak's the guy that's carrying the torch. Yeah, well, it makes sense to kind of integrate 205 Live into NXT, especially if you're trying to make it a network television show, right? You have to have some kind of diversity in your, in your product, and it can't be the same thing over and over and over again. If you're uh, trying to attract, uh, a, a, I guess you can say a global audience, but at least a bigger audience in that sense. So having the cruiserweights is a good call, especially considering we know how good the cruiserweights are. Uh, it's really just good news all around in that sense. Well, sir, uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, at least we know it's a nationwide audience. The downside yeah. here for both of us being in Canada is that we're going to have to try to figure out now how to watch NXT on the USA Network because we don't get it in Canada. So Yeah, I'm, the, trying to, uh, I'm hoping they figure out a way like for us to see it like every other show. Because well, everything else is kind to, of like partnered on like Sportsnet and whatever, right? Like that's easy for us in Canada. Yeah. But I'm, I'm wondering if this will also be in that such, uh, same situation. Well, they're keeping it on on the network. They're just going to air it a day later. So oh, that's not uh, too bad. Yeah, it'll be nice to be able to watch it live. So hopefully they'll figure that out here. But if nothing else, we can watch it on the network on Thursdays. Yeah, that doesn't bother me watching a day later. Uh, I usually watch the shows uh, after recording them anyway. It's hard for me to watch them live. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think what I was going to say is it sucks that, I mean, now it, it sucks because we didn't know this was coming. 
at least we didn't from the uh, fan perspective. But we didn't know that this was the CV that was coming. So when you promote guys like Cedric Alexander and Buddy Murphy and, you know, the, these, like, top stars in the, in the division, uh, you have no idea that NXT is getting its own show. It might have been a better option for everyone involved. But for now, I mean, Cedric Alexander is getting used to at least in the uh, main roster. That being said, he lost in about five minutes to AJ Styles on the pre-show, which, did that surprise you that was on the pre-show, like, in general? Yeah, I mean, there was a big stink about it, that's for sure. I know that a lot of people weren't very happy about the fact that that match wound up on the pre-show, but I thought it was a really good match. What was supposed to be maybe 10 minutes was shoved into five minutes, but it was, I thought it was a hot start, that Michinoku driver right off the top, and then, you know, AJ essentially dominated that match. From there on in, Cedric got in a few offensive moves in the first 45 seconds. I really liked that match. I thought it was a good showing by both of them, even though Alexander lost. But it cemented AJ Styles. I think AJ is a guy that doesn't mind you know, being on the pre-show. He doesn't really care where he's at. He's going to do the best with what he's given. And he did a really good job there. So, um, yeah, I was a little surprised he was on the pre-show. A little, yeah. But I wasn't, uh, I wasn't concerned about it like a lot of people. It's kind of like when they put Balor versus Shinsuke on the pre-show. And it really just sets the tone. Uh, we talked about how, like, you want because the, the network is, or sorry, the pre show is free, right? They show that on like other platforms. So they give you kind of a sneak peek into what you're getting. So it can attract you to watch the actual uh, product. And this is probably the perfect match to do it with, right? It's a US title match. I would say maybe blow Richie's title in general on the show. Then, uh, other than maybe the Cruiserweights, but that was also on the pre show. Then you have AJ Styles and Cedric Alexander, who are two of the best performers on the planet. And it really does a good job. And also, let's be clear, neither of them are involved in a, like a long-term storyline for the two of them, right? AJ Styles with the OC and Seth Rollins and everything is a whole, is a whole other thing. But Cedric Alexander and AJ Styles don't have this long-going feud. It was actually a really weird like, way to kick their feud off in general, or this, this match off in general. So putting on the pre-show makes sense, because you just have a, a good match, like you said, set the, uh, set the tone for everyone else. And AJ Styles, you're right, I don't think he really minds being on the pre-show. He's also the same guy who was WWE champion for over a year and said, hey, I want to spend time with my family a bit, so let's uh, let's maybe move on from this. I need to heal up. I need to spend time with my family so we can move on from me being champion for a little bit. So he understands. you know, Being champion and being on the main show is great, but the guy's in his 40s. He also understands what the industry is at this point, so he's probably fine with it. Um, yeah, it was a last-minute match too, right? Like It was probably the latest addition to the card, and it was a feud that was built in the week before where Alexander got the yeah. surprising win. So yeah, to just put it on there because you need to put something else on there made sense. You might as well. Every title was defended. You got to put it somewhere. So why not have it there? Yeah, I agree. It is actually funny when you look at like all the matches and there's only one match that didn't have a title on the line. And that match is probably the one that had like maybe the biggest impact in general on the, uh, on the night. And I guess we could start there. It was Eric Rowan versus Roman Reigns. And this is also a, a pretty big news piece as well. Because in that match, uh, Harper came out. And I remember watching, and I heard them say, oh my god, that's Harper, that's Harper. And I was looking at my phone for a second. And I was like, okay, great. And then I thought, wait a second. We haven't seen Harper in forever. And Harper, like, apparently was supposed to be, like, sitting at home for this contract. Like, they extended it, and they weren't going to use him, and he just wanted out. And then, you know, here we go, Harper's out there. And then when it clicked in my head, like, how big that was, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. This is, <laughs> this is shocking. What was your thought about it? Well, I just laughed a little bit in, in that I had just read reports two days before that that they weren't going to put him back on TV again. They didn't yeah. know what to do with him. They had no use for him. And then, oh, by the way, here he is, right? So it was kind of cool and a surprise in the in the way that he showed up. 
I don't know for sure. I mean, I'm super happy to see him, and I'm glad that he's back because I think he's underrated, and they should be using him. And just watching him on Tuesday on SmackDown, he was crazy, like throwing stuff around, throwing iPads all over the place. I, I thought he was going to hurt a fan. He was throwing so many things around. So he's pretty intense, and I think he's probably very happy to be back. Mm-hmm. But that said, I just I'm not sure where it goes. You know, like you had this Rowan Daniel Bryan thing, and Daniel Bryan was connected. Now, inexplicably, they're not connected anymore. Rowan is the mastermind, Daniel Bryan, the baby face again, Harper's yep. in it. So they essentially just brought the tag team back. So I don't see where that goes in terms of main event type stuff. I don't think you're going to go up for Rowan here. You're going to go down and there'll be a tag team again at some point, which is cool, but it's not really main event stuff. So it's going to be a temporary, really high, high buzz, but it's going to die off a little bit. But to have another good tag team back is cool. So I'm happy to see Harper back. I'm happy to see the two of them together. I just don't see it being a long-term main event play, but it was interesting. Yeah, I don't think it's a long-term main event play. I do hope they have better plans than that. Like the Brethren Brothers started off hot; it was really good. They really, every tag team they're involved in is it starts out so well. The the Wyatt family, the Bludgeon Brothers, uh, now this like it's just such a hot start, and it just always fizzles out. But having them come out, like you said, maybe like the babyface turn for Daniel Bryan potentially. Uh, Having Harper in general back on TV, having the tag team back in the division, uh, it, it's all positives, and we'll just see like how big it is. But I think you're right. I think the buzz dies down sooner than later. Yeah, I just was waiting for Brian to be somehow involved in all this, and it doesn't look like he's going to be. So that that was kind of a, a shocker for me. I thought maybe, yeah. you know, sometimes it doesn't make sense when you beat up a guy who's part of your storyline, like when he joined the Bray when the joined the Wyatt family the first time, took a beating only to double cross Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I was cool with it. It was a neat little storyline, but some of it didn't make sense. Like, why do you, why do you get the crap kicked out of yourself simply so that you can surprise a guy later? Well, I figured that might be what they were doing here, but now this is the second week. He's had the crap kicked out of him, and yeah. he's not turning. It looks like he's going to be the babyface again, which is an interesting choice for his character. I don't really know what their plan is, and can you maintain something long-term with Daniel Bryan? I don't know where it goes, but... At the end of the day, I'm just happy that Harper's back because he deserves to be. Yeah, I mean, totally agreed. So switching gears, we have uh, a really short match with Bailey and Charlotte. Kind of surprised me because we've seen finally for the first time in forever, Sasha Banks and Bailey are are on top of the uh, the division as far as uh, storylines go. You know, they're both main event instead of being a tag team at WrestleMania, they're both now in the the top title uh, feud. Sasha chasing the title and Bailey defending it. And then you also have Charlotte and Becky, so the four horsewomen all there involved. And you give us a match that's under four minutes long. Uh, kind of weird. Uh, ideally, I- I'd imagine it'll be... Uh, it'll it'll kind of step things... Uh, or step things up for a future uh, story or a future match between these two or maybe the four of them. We've seen them all on TV together. But yeah, four minutes, kind of disappointing. Match wasn't bad, but how good can the match be in four minutes, right? Yeah, it's an interesting direction they're taking this Bailey thing. Um, she's a heel when she wrestles, yeah. and she's a heel because she's friends with Shasha Banks, who's a heel. But nothing else is a heel. She still has no. her Bailey buddies. She still hugs everybody. She still comes out smiling like crazy. Like she's half babyface, half heel. And in the meantime, Charlotte is sort of going back to babyface, but still a heel. Sasha Banks is a for sure heel, and Becky Lynch is a for sure babyface. But they're tweeners in a way. And I, I predicted on the last show that I think they're going to flip these guys at some point with the draft coming up. And we'll talk about that in a bit. 
you know, Charlotte maybe comes to Raw, fights with Banks, Bailey and Lynch go to SmackDown, fight each other. So they're right now they're feuding with the opposites. They're going to end up feuding with each other later. But um, yeah, I predicted either both would change hands or none would change hands, and that's what happened. None changed hands. So I think eventually Banks is going to get this thing, but he just it was a good finish. Didn't happen. The Bailey match I thought was neat, in that she used the turnbuckle to. Uh, to sneak in a win and then ran away. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, short match. Yeah, I was fine with, with what, the, what the product was, but I wish it would have been a longer match is all. But I think you're right. Maybe setting things up, um, not between these two necessarily, but like switching the, like, I'll flip the script a bit and having the other yeah. two fight. Yeah. Well, I think the idea of the short match was just to cement the idea that Bailey was going to sneak a win any way she could and then just ditch out of there. So Maybe she got make a quick her a win. Heel, like you said, like, yeah, finally get the yeah. heel uh, character in. Right. If you cheat a win and then run, you're, you're pretty heelish at that point, so I think that's yeah. what they were going for. Yeah, cheating and being a coward. <laughs> the classic uh, the classic heel trope. That's right. Uh, so we, we talked about it briefly, but like Sasha versus Becky, that was, I think, like 20 minutes or so. I really loved that match. I thought, I mean, I, I'm, again, I'm a huge Sasha Banks fan. Uh, having no finish is interesting. I, I was cool with it. I, I liked the match a lot. Yeah, uh, I guess there else? was yeah. Yeah, technically a finish there and that Becky Lynch got disqualified, so she ended up losing. Uh, and Sasha Banks won. She didn't win the title. I, what I liked the most about this match was how good Banks looked in the match itself. I thought coming back was a hot thing for her to come back, but after she arrived, I thought she was pretty dull. Like, her promos weren't all that good. But the Chronicle thing that she did on the network was really good, and then the match itself to follow it up was extremely good. And that was the best I've seen her look since returning, and that's a good sign, you know, that she... Had a really strong match. She pulled off a really good, a lot of good moves. There was chemistry between those two, and that they're going to now go on to Hell in a Cell and fight each other again, is what the best part of that whole thing for for me was. If you're going to have her lose, or win but not get the title, that's a really good way to do it. Yeah, uh, what I meant with finish was like a winner slash loser, like a straight up. Um, this person wins by you know pinfall submission. Yeah, uh, they definitely picture. were. Yeah, there definitely was a finish, uh, and I mean it gave, like you said, it gave Sasha the win. At the very least, uh, it made Becky. It, it made sense that Becky would kind of just get herself disqualified, just in the sense of um, the build-up for it. You know, they obviously have built-up animosity to the storyline, so it makes sense to eventually have things, you know, boil over. But uh, yeah, I got I was, a good. I got a good chuckle out of Kevin Owens' reactions on Twitter. Uh-huh. She was fined ten thousand dollars for the referee bump, and he was fined a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, really? You know, <laughs> ten ten times as much for me? Yeah, okay, sure." That was kind of a, a funny moment. I get why they have such a large fine. It's not about the fine. It's about Shane McMahon screwing him over. But yeah. at the same time, it was kind of kind of a chuckle moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, we can go to uh, Shinsuke against The Miz. It was like 10 minutes. It was fine. Uh, it, was, it was, you know, nothing wrong with the match. Nothing stellar. Both guys uh, got their moment, I guess, on the card. There, there's no reason to, to talk much about it, I don't think. Sammy's yeah, the only, there, still kind of random. I was going to say, the only thing we're talking about for me, and I hate it, is the Sami Zayn connection to Nakamura. I, <laughs> to sense. me, it, it, it seems like a Leo Rush, Bobby Lashley times 10, where Sami Zayn is just extremely annoying. And I get that's the whole point. He's supposed to do that. But yeah. I there's so much more that can be done with Nakamura. And Sami Zayn is good as a talker, but this isn't the role for him. So I don't like this pairing at all doesn't make sense and then when you have him come out on tuesday 
and just take a choke slam to the Undertaker without Nakamura around. And there's no connection between those two one week, and then there's a connection between the two the next week. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so inconsistent. I don't like it at all. And I'm hoping. I know he won't be because he's the Intercontinental Champion, but if anybody moves, and there might be some people moving to NXT, that Nakamura may be one of those guys because he was so much better on that brand, and he yeah. has the ability to have crazy good matches, and they're just not really letting him. So who knows what happens there, but I don't like the connection right now. I don't like the pairing at all. Yeah, it's just weird. Um, and like you said, they don't really seem to have a plan for it either. It's kind of just disjointed and, and all over the place, and just no real consistency. So yeah, not uh, not their best, but uh, we'll see what happens when the uh, when the draft occurs and when everyone's kind of shuffled around. Uh, new sure. SmackDown Tag Team Champions. You have the Revival, who lost the Raw Tag Team Championships. We were both kind of like, I mean, like I mean, at least I was happy uh, at the point when uh, the club won it. I know they lost it not too long after that, but we were both kind of like, well, it's kind of weird that you take the titles off the Revival so fast again, but and now they go to. Uh, SmackDown and they win those titles from the uh, the New Day. They win by submission too, and I always find submission wins more interesting. They seem to hold more weight, you know. Like you win by pinfall, that's whatever. But if you make someone tap out, that's a whole different thing. And I think they've tried to build that up as far in, in wrestling, you know, between like fans' perspective, they tried to make people think that tapping out means more. And I think it does. Um, you know, if you have John Cena lose a match, or you have John Cena tapping out in a match, one holds a lot more weight, right? So sure. I don't know that it matters here. I just thought it was interesting that they gave the Revival the win by submission over the New Day. Uh, Revival cut like a nice little promo, and you've uh, you've been a fan of them like together with Randy Orton, right? And they, they yes. kind of put them over as well. So it really is kind of like the legacy all over again, but with more established stars. So I, I'm totally here for it. Yeah, it was an interesting decision to me. Like I'm I'm happy to see the Revival getting something and SmackDown tag team titles is cool. They're the first ever team to hold both championships and that kind of thing. But I, I haven't heard anything about them getting a contract renewal. So I was a little surprised to see them get the titles. Even more surprising was how they did it. The idea that they could have pinned Woods and then chose not to yeah, and went for the submission won. hold was almost like a setup that they were going to end up losing somehow, right? Like yeah. they had the match won. They chose not to take it. And they, they wanted to punish him. And they stalled and punished his leg, but then still got the tap out. That was really quite decisive. You know, it was one of those things where that's the kind of push you give to a team that you have a, a strong future for. But I don't know yeah. what their future is because they haven't signed. So I don't really know if WWE is going about trying to say, okay, here, what else can we give you? You've now been the only two tight title holders for the Raw and SmackDown. You just got a huge win over New Day. Not just a win, but a decisive victory where you punished the guy and you made him tap out. Yeah. What else can we give you to get you to stay? I don't know if that's what they're doing or if it was just... It's interesting. And I was a little surprised by it. Happy, but a little surprised. It was decisive. Like you said, sometimes you'll have, like, even in, uh, like, ladder matches where the guy's up there and, like, something messes up and then they just they go back up and they win it again. You're like, okay, well, why didn't you just do that a minute ago? But... This one, like you said, there was no like mistake or anything. They just made it very decisive, and it'll be interesting to see. Maybe they do have new contracts and it hasn't been announced yet. Maybe they just don't know what their plan is. Which, let me tell you, that would be shocking if WWE didn't have a plan for something and did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was abso- it was absolutely a hundred percent a conscious decision to have them not pin him and then submit him. And I thought that was interesting because it really makes them look strong, especially over a team like the New Day. Yeah, New Day is. Uh, New Day and the Usos, I think, but new, maybe New Day more so. 
they're banner captains. Rather, they're going to be the flag bearers, where if you beat them, that's really where they're trying to give you a push. I know at some point you have to beat them to win the titles. Uh, I guess we can go right into the other tag team match then. We have new Raw tag team champions. So that was very short-lived. Uh, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. And Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Yes, Dolph Ziggler are champions. There you go. You're, you're probably the happiest guy in the building when you found that out. So, yeah. I was, uh, I was, when I called that match and predicted it, I was about 50-50. Technically, I said that Rollins and Strowman would hold on to the titles because I didn't see Rude and Ziggler going over. That said, I think they're a good tag team considering that when you throw guys together, it doesn't often work. But I like Rude and Ziggler together. I think they're a strong group, strong tag team. And I get why you can use that storyline of Rollins and Strowman having, Strowman having friction and it costing them the titles. But what I didn't like was how weak it was. You know, it was like the loss was Strowman barely bumped into Rollins, and then all of a sudden Rollins got pinned. It wasn't a very pronounced, it wasn't a double cross, but it wasn't a huge screw-up, you know what I mean? Like normally when yeah. that happens, you blast a guy with a chair by accident, or you you give him a power, like something that's devastating. There was no devastation in that match. It was just, oops, we made that mistake. Oops, it cost us the title. Oops, let's move on. More surprising was the finish of the singles match, but we'll get into that in a second. But I just didn't think that title change I made sense why they did it. I just didn't think they did it right. But that being said, I'm going to take any kind of Dolph win any way I can. <laughs> I'm yeah, not going to. I mean, that, I've seen him get uh, screwed so many times to the point where, at this point, just get the title in his hands and just let him run. It's like, you know, football, get the ball in the guy's hands and let him run with it. Put the puck on the guy's stick in hockey, let him go. Basketball, get the ball in the guy's hands again. You just want to give your star players the. Uh, the ball or the, the puck or whatever it is and let them hopefully get to the uh, the end zone or score a goal, make a basket. And oh, I trust Dolph Ziggler to do it. I don't trust WWE to do it. Like you said, it could have been better. I'm, I'm cool with it. I was just going to say, what I don't think you're going to love is that to me, what I'm watching right now is the setup for Rude to extend and be the singles guy that comes out of this pair, right. which Dolph Ziggler often does. He elevates his partner onto bigger and better things. Yeah. I see that again here. So you're not going to love that because I think at the end of all this, Rude's going to get the push, and Ziggler won't. But for now, they're a really good team, and I like that. I mean, to be clear, I'm also really upset with how Bobby Rude's been used. And if it wasn't Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Rude might be the guy that I talk about uh, every single week. So I'm okay that Bobby Rude is maybe getting set up for this. Or sorry, Robert Rude. Yeah. Uh, I love Robert Rude. I've talked about him forever. And I prefer the Robert Rude character. Going back to his game in TNA. So uh, I'm cool with both of them. Uh, I like them together. It's kind of random still, but... Uh, you have to use your champions, you think. So that's something. Dolph Ziggler seems to be there a lot, though. So someone that we didn't think was going to be there a lot. Well, yeah, for a guy that we didn't see forever and didn't know if he was ever coming back, he sure is around a lot. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a Dolph Ziggler fan. I'm not even that big of a Dolph Ziggler fan to the point where like I should have this gimmick going, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay holding that. <laughs> the uh, uh, What else well, did I talk to? Oh, go on. Yeah. We haven't, had, we haven't done the singles match yet, the universal title match. Yeah, we also haven't talked about Alexa Bliss and Nick Cross. Uh, Eating, what was it? What was their new name? Fire and Passion or something like that? Fire and Desire. Fire and Desire, that's what it was. <laughs> just all of a sudden random. Yeah, this was a real throwaway match for me. Probably the least relevant match outside of maybe the Cruiserweight one. Um, this didn't mean anything to me. It didn't go anywhere. It didn't elevate anything. It didn't really further anything. Um, you know, I barely paid attention to it. I like Bliss. Yeah. Across, even as a team, I'm sort of okay with it, but this match meant nothing to me. No, exactly. I didn't care one way or another. That tag team title means nothing to me either. I couldn't care less who the tag title uh, champions are. I don't really care about it. 
And I think that's kind of what the issue was with Sasha, right? Like, that she just thought it was kind of a waste. Um, I just think taking it off the Iconics was a huge mistake. Yeah, uh, even the way the Iconics had it, they were so... They were they lost clean every single week. And where are they now? What's yeah, well, point? at least if, even if you were mad at them for never defending them and not being a tag team that perhaps, in quotation marks, deserved to hold the titles, they were still pe- making people talk about them. Oh, I'm not mad right? about them. I'm mad about WWE not using no, them. No, 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 I know. But what I'm saying is... Why move it off of them? Even if they're yeah. not really doing anything with it, they're still making them a talkable moment on the show. You want to know, okay, well, I hate the fact that the, if you're that, if you're arguing you hate the Iconics have it, well, you're arguing that because you don't like that they have them. It's, I think it was just silly to do that. And there's been no sign so far that Cross and Bliss are going to have a run-in. And I'm surprised by that. I figured that would have happened a long time ago. I thought it would happen like the first week they were talking. You know, that's the Alexa Bliss thing, where she has friends for a very short amount of time, and then that's it. That's kind of weird. Do you think maybe Nia Jax eventually comes back and she's involved with this? Like, are they going to hold the titles that long? Uh, I don't know where she's going to fit into this whole picture. She will be back at some point. And maybe, I don't know where her injury situation is and how far away she is from returning, but I think when they do bring her back, it should be a bigger situation than the tag titles. Will she be involved with Bliss somehow? Probably. They had Kobe Kingston against Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Uh, good match. Always a good match between those two. The uh, the storyline kind of fizzled over to me after they used, like, the... Uh, they talked about the stuff from 10 years ago, and that was great. And then they had their match, and in my mind, I don't really care much about the storyline anymore. I don't really care about Randy Orton in a main title picture. I love Randy Orton a lot. I don't think he should be a world champion anymore at this point. Not based on his current character or gimmick or anything. Yeah, they're, okay. they're definitely going... I mean, we're going to talk about SmackDown here in a second and the development that happened here on Tuesday. But uh, they sure are going in all in on Kofi and that he's beating everybody now, with the exception of maybe the, his next opponent. But, uh, yeah, they're really – this just cements his, you know, spot as a champion, his ability to beat the top contenders, to beat legends, to beat guys that have been around a while that you might think have a shot. Kofi just keeps, you know, coming out on top after all this. So they really – are giving him every possible option and advantage that they can to make him a credible champion, and I like it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's been a while now, and I'm, I'm actually really happy that he still has it. And like I said, if anyone's going to take the title from him, I really don't think it's going to be Randy Orton. I mean, that seems to be done now, right? Because, like you said, we'll get into that uh, right after this next match, but Kobe Kingston is now set up for probably the biggest storyline of his career uh, at the next pay-per-view. So we yep. can end the pay-per-view with Seth Rollins against Braun Strowman. Uh, I liked the match a lot, actually. I thought it was really good. I thought both guys looked really good. I don't want to say the right guy won because I would have been fine with either, but it makes sense if you're going to push Seth Rollins to really push him through the moon. And, like, not to the moon, let me clear, through the moon. You want him to go beyond it. And putting him past Brock Lesnar a few times and then Braun Strowman. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. I (laughs) I was not a fan of Strowman losing again. This is about the fifth time, fourth, fifth time that he's tried to win that title. And not just lost, but been pinned. You know, yeah. so that's that's not tough. Not like a disqualification or a count or anything. Like right. That. And when you're like going to push Rawls Roll- Roll- the way that you did, by having him beat Strowman. So he's not only just still the champion, he beat perhaps the toughest guy in the company. The hardest guy to beat. He beat him. And now he's going to go on to face a guy that shouldn't lose. So now what do you do? Right, like, how do you continue to push Rollins to make him that guy that seems to be able to win when the chips are down and everything's up against him, and he probably shouldn't win, but he still does. How's he going to lose now? 
to the next opponent, and how is he going to beat the guy who shouldn't lose? So well, it's a sticky situation, point. right? No, I think that's the point. You push Rollins to the moon, and that's what I'm going to get into. You push him like through the moon and have him, you know, you push him as hard as you can, and then the fiend comes out, and you know that Rollins is unstoppable, and then Rollins loses to the fiend. If right? that's what they do, right? Well, I mean, that's there's what a they huge... should do there's a potential here for a huge mistake, right? Like, you can either stop Rollins' momentum right in the tracks because he beat the toughest guy to beat in Strowman, and then he loses, right? Or you can have The Fiend lose, which would be a huge mistake. Like, that would be silly to put him in the Universal title picture so quickly and just have him lose, and he's technically only fought one match. Mm -hmm. You know, like, why would you do that? So it's a situation... The best squash match in history, though. Well, yeah, this could be a real lose-lose situation. So it's a uh, it's a tough one to wrap my head around, and you didn't need to put him in the universal title picture yet. So it's a good match. I'm looking forward to it. I just think it's a couple of months too early. Yeah, I mean that's fair. But if um, if the Fiend wins, are you going to still think that, or do you think that that's only the case if uh, Rollins wins? Yes, I think it's either way. No matter who wins, I think you screwed this up because I don't love Rollins. People who have listened to this podcast know that. I, I respect him. I think he's a good wrestler. I understand why he defends WWE. He's popular. I get all that. Do I like him in my top five, top ten? No, not really. But I understand why he's a champion, why you want to make him, you know, one of the faces of your company. Mm-hmm. But if he loses, you stop all that. And then if The Fiend loses, you completely screw over all the momentum and buildup you've done for The Fiend. So someone's going to lose out here in a massive way, and I don't like that. It doesn't make sense to me because you're in a cell. Yeah. There's going to be a winner. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you, you can't do not have show. a winner. Yeah. Eh, yeah. We've seen so in the let's... past people come to the ring and stuff. Kane. Wait, Kane? Why would Kane be involved in The Fiend? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kane had yeah. a very big involvement with uh, The Fiend on Raw when you know uh, he got attacked by, and it was in Knox, uh, Knoxville County, uh, Tennessee, right? The, uh, the mayor, uh, Kane. Clint Jacobs, he ended up winning the 24-7 championship. He ended up losing the 24-7 championship. But the biggest thing was he got attacked by The Fiend. And I thought that was great. And I mean, that's clear. I don't think he's going to come out in the Hell in a Cell match. But it's just funny, like, when we say that there has to be a winner, and Kane's the most obvious guy to, like, come through the ring in a Hell in a Cell match. It's just funny. But yeah, no yeah. relation, I don't think. No, I thought Raw was really good, actually. This week yeah. was an excellent episode, that included. So, And it was ironic. That uh, there was no McMahon, no Triple H, and no Kevin Dunn. It was all Paul Heyman. So that can't be a coincidence. He was running that show by himself, and the show was one of the better shows I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I also thought one match, and we'll talk about it now too, the King of the Ring final. So unfortunately I was right, and I don't think there was any surprise here. Um, but Baron Corbin won King of the Ring. That's It is what it is. That would, match was really say, Unfortunately, I think he's going to make a good king. No, I'm fine with him winning now based off the finals. But when you have guys like Ricochet and just the people that in Cesaro, people that you think should have been further in it, and then like it was very clear from the beginning it was going to be Corbin, right? Like almost from the start after they lost, like the, the way the way they had the seating set up. Well, I think they wanted to tease you that it might not be when they had the triple threat match with Joe and Ricochet that maybe yeah. he wouldn't come out on top of it, but he still did. So I thought that was good too. I'm a little confused by the segment that they just did on SmackDown where they destroyed all the King stuff, which I'm hoping leads to him making his own. He'll have his own crown, his own throne, his own whatever. But I hope it's not just discarding the idea that he's the king. Because that, that would be would... the most Baron Corbin thing ever, like money in the bank and everything, and you just get rid of it right away. I, I, yeah, I that would the suck. Same thing. 
yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like we said, I think he makes sense as a heel to have the crown and everything. I just wish the tournament itself would have been better. Um, and also, it's kind of weird to me that Chad Gable got like this huge push. And, and again, I want to say this. Their match on Raw was really good. One of the best matches I've seen in a long time on, on Raw. Yep. I think there's always going to be when you have somebody taking over a show. I don't know how much Bischoff is involved in SmackDown or Heyman involved in whatever, but I think there's always going to be that one or two, three guys that you see that no one in the past has seen, whether it's Robert Roode or it's Chad Gable or it's Cedric Alexander or whomever, that you're going to be that guy is the first to really give that guy a shot. I think that's what's going on with Chad Gable. Which is good because Chad Gable is really good. Is Chad Gable a world champion? No, probably not. But is Chad Gable able to wrestle in really good matches and be put in really prime spots that aren't your main event? I think so. Well, he's the underdog guy that could. He's the Mickey Whipwreck of ECW. He's the Spike Dudley of WWE. He's the whatever, right? He's the guy that you don't think is going to win. And he maybe does, right? So yeah. you could Rey see Mysterio, how fans right? would be behind him. Rey yeah. Mysterio proved that it really doesn't matter how big or small you are. He's also like the only one to have done it, really. But, uh, I mean, it's, anything's possible. So you're right. But that being said... Baron Corbin won King of the Ring. Uh, hopefully, like you said, he has a new crown and and uh, throne and like, robe and everything. That's that would be nice. Well, and they need to give him some like little minions. You know what I mean? They really, really push this. Like, give him a team that he can boss around his servants or whatever. Like, go full in on it. Like Booker T went full in on it in a totally Booker different T direction. Was so good though, right? He he made it a completely different character. Changed his voice. Changed his mannerisms changed everything. Corbin maybe doesn't need to do that, but to really go in and push the idea that he's the king, and that he thinks he gets to rule over the entire kingdom and he can boss people around, make Matt, whatever it is he wants to do, I think that's where you need to go with this, and if you don't, I think you're dropping the ball. I agree. I think you need to capitalize on it, but to be fair, like I said, they, they've messed up with him before in the past, so maybe this is their way to rectify it, and maybe they have these long-term plans. Keeping Chad Gable involved and excellent on SmackDown, I think we said, I think was a good idea because it keeps him at least in this storyline. And story, obviously, King of the Ring, it really depends. The the King Booker thing ended up, he became the, the biggest thing on the show. He became world champion because of it. Usually, we don't really see anything come out of it now, at least in modern time. But back in the day, the King of the Ring was huge, right? You were King of the Ring. That was that was, that was was exactly where Steve, like Stone Cold Steve Austin was really born. That's where Austin 316 really took off. Was King yeah. of the Ring, so or well, uh, and they pushed started, they pushed him again on Tuesday, right? Like they didn't That's just drop, saying, they didn't yeah. just leave it. They had him come out and destroy the crown and the throne and everything That's else. So saying. yeah, keeping him involved yeah. is a good thing because at least you get to keep them involved in the storyline that we think at the beginning of King of the Ring. Uh, King of the Ring, you always have to assume it's a big storyline. You see where it goes later on, but having Chad Gable in it now, at the very least, is a good sign for me. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, that'll be good. I could see eventually at some point maybe Corbin fights. Chit Gable again, and one of the stipulations was that if he loses, he has to work under King Corbin, and then Gable becomes, you know, the Hercules slave of Bobby Heenan kind of storyline. Yeah, I'd be okay. all over that. How'd that be? Yeah, cool? me too. I was, I was honestly thinking something similar. I didn't know how they would do it. Your idea is great. <laughs> Let, let's go with that. I'm going to agree with you. That's the one that I hope they, they go with. I should write a letter. <laughs> you should. You should write a letter to Paul Heyman. <laughs> read it. Here's my idea. I don't know who I send it to. <laughs> Who's, who knows who's running the show right now? Uh, it's me. It was me all along. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're the man <laughs> under the hood. You're the man under the hood. <laughs> Just, I mean, to be fair, have you ever seen me and Mr. McMahon in the same room at the same time? Oh. <laughs> Conspiracy theory. <laughs> and that will always have the listeners wondering. 
Maybe I have the, yeah. uh, the the golden touch all along. Yes, I'm sure people listening to this will actually think that that's a possibility. <laughs> I hope they don't, because I really blow my cover. I probably shouldn't have said it on the podcast. <laughs> then on SmackDown, we uh, another big thing, probably the biggest thing of the week, was, uh, I mean, Kobe Kingston, like you said, they're pushing him as the, the big thing, the the next big thing, did you say? Is that the word you would describe, the, the phrase? Well, yeah, it's hard to say next big thing, because he's been around for 12 years. But, but I'm uh, just saying it for a reason, time, because Brock Lesnar, yeah. obviously. Well, and here's the deal. I mean, we had to see this coming from a long time ago. The minute that he won that title, you needed somebody who was going to take it from him that could take the heat, right? Yeah. And if there's one guy in WWE that could take the heat, it's Lesnar, right? Because you want people to hate him for taking it from him. Mm-hmm. So I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think when you combine the fact it's the first episode on Fox, it's Lesnar coming back, it's the history that WWE has with giving Lesnar stuff, and it's the one guy who can take a title off Kingston, get the heat for it, and really like that, I think Lesnar wins. I, I disagree as, uh, as far as you saying he's the one guy that can take the heat. I think Brock Lesnar is already going to have heat regardless of who he beats. So if you really want to push somebody else, you can push a guy like a Corbin or a Samoa Joe or, I don't know, you, you know what I mean? Though? Someone else who doesn't have any issue just winning a match and being like brutal about it in, in Joe's case or being like, yeah. Well, I, I think, I, th- I think the reason I say Lesnar is because when you combine the fact that he can take the heat and Fox probably looks at Lesnar and says, there's a marketable guy. Oh, I'm not saying on the not face of all of our ads. I just meant as far, like, as far as, the, but I think that's why the they chose thing. him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you bring him to, and we heard rumors that they were going to bring him to SmackDown anyway. Yes. because he's that crossover name that they wanted on the network. That's why they wanted Reigns. They want people they can sell the show to to get those ratings up. And Lesnar winning the title on the very first episode would be a huge ratings draw. But I wonder then, does Lesnar win or does someone come out? and Because this is going to be the first episode, right? They're going to really have to go all out. Also, are they going to stop branding as SmackDown Live? We just branded as SmackDown again? Because I've hated the live since the very first episode. And Well, they sure don't have the word in the, lo- in the new logo. Well, there you go. Even when I have to write it, I put SmackDown, and I was, I'm like, live. Like, I hate it. It bothers me. It doesn't make any sense. We know the show is live. Thank you. You don't have to have it in your show. Do you call it Raw Live? Yeah. <laughs> is it going to be, like, NXT Live? NXT well, Live sounds like a house show. Probably because Raw was live forever. Not forever, ever. It didn't always, it wasn't always live. But Which is how for the longest time, <laughs> for the longest time it was. So now people are, are know that it's live. And SmackDown wasn't. It was taped for a really long time. So then it, that's probably why they did it. But they can get rid of it now. They don't need it anymore. It's been so long with my issue. Like, they, I don't know. You could have just advertised this live instead of having it in the name. But I guess that's probably what, what uh, why they did it. And they just never got a chance to take it out. So maybe this is their clean slate. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens. Like I said, the drafts and stuff are my favorite part of the show. Having NXT involved, I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with that. Um, are you going to have guys like Kevin Owens, Shinsuke, Sami Zayn? Uh, I don't even I don't even know who else could possibly go there. Like the revival, not anymore. Does, does the Ascension go back? You know, like what do they do here to where you have an opportunity to really push all three shows very, very strong, very big deals? Like I said, first episode of SmackDown. Are we going to see on on Fox? Are we going to see Brock Lesnar win, or are we going to see someone else come in and say, "Hey, Brock Lesnar, like I have something I have a point of view." Which I think might be another option. Um, yeah, I'm curious. Who knows? Maybe it'll be Kane Velasquez or something. Oh my God! I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Maybe it'll just be Kane. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> see that happening. But I mean, he's he's that guy everybody seems to want right now. If he saw his match in AAA, it was unreal. 
Like he was so good. He's flying all over the place. He seems to have picked up the business really quickly. Um, and he's another name that you can market, right? So, and he has a shoe as well. Yeah, but I don't know what Lesnar's opinion of that would be mm-hmm. if he'd want to be involved in that right away. I know Goldberg says he wants to. So yep. maybe you bring Goldberg back again. I have no That's idea. That's a very different but, thing than Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is still very much at the top of his game, right? Brock Lesnar yep. still knows. He, I mean, Brock Lesnar's not a young guy, but he still puts on a really good performance. Like I don't. Everyone hates Brock Lesnar, and because he didn't show up. But Brock Lesnar in the last like six months has been just gold. Everything about him has been so good. So I have no issue with Brock Lesnar. Like I, I hope people kind of like have that fade out. He might be the new Roman Reigns slash John Cena because he's been there and he's done things. I know he was off TV for a little bit, but he wasn't champion, so there's no issue. You don't use him just to use him. The whole you can't complain about people being overused and stuff and then it getting stale, and then also complain that Brock Lesnar doesn't show up for a month. If he's the champion, he shouldn't. If he's not the champion, I have no issue with. It. Right. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting. That show is going to be good, and this draft will be one of the more important drafts. The last draft was kind of pointless. It did yeah. it. You knew it wasn't going to mean much. This one actually means a lot because when you have three potential brands involved in it and you know these guys are staying where they are and the networks, it really matters to them who shows up on their shows. I think it's an important draft. I think more pieces will move than we think. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do. Really, just like I said, the NHT thing is really going to excite me and see what they really go with that. Yeah. No, it'll be good. Um, I don't know. What else do you want to cover? I think we've, we've pretty much done a pretty good roundabout of what's going on yeah i mean a lot of the stuff was intertwined together right like the end of the pay-per-view and uh, matches really led into the next set of matches on ron smackdown um and, and they kind of and ron smackdown then set up next week and the week after or with tnt you know aaw on tnt they're setting that up like crazy uh i'm excited yeah. to see that i don't know how we're gonna it looks it, like that's what i'm worried about in canada I mean, there's always ways to get it, but AEW's going to need to work that out, right? Like, WWE yeah. has figured out that internationally, if you want to consider Canada international, and so AEW's going to need to figure that out because they can't just rely on the U.S. audience. So they'll have to figure out a way. But if you're in Canada and you really want to watch a show, you'll figure out a way to get it. Yeah. But uh, they got the new name, so AEW, or All Elite Dynamite, is now officially the name of the show. Mm-hmm. So they're getting there, although I'm surprised they haven't done an official announcement. That was odd. Yeah, uh, I'm curious to what they do with that. It's really a good time to be a wrestling fan, you'd hope, with three shows on network television for WWE, AEW having their network show. I don't think it's going to be a war, but I think that it's as close as we're going to get to a war, and that's kind of interesting. Well, I think Wednesdays will be a war between NXT and AEW, and I'm looking forward to that. That might be the most entertaining part of this whole thing. Like, I think at the end of the day, uh, NXT could wind up being one of the better shows of the three. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, especially if Triple H is still running it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what they're prepping for, and they're they're loading the gun and, and getting ready to fire it. So it'll be good because uh, they're really going to, as much as they say they're not worried about it, I think they are, and they really yeah. want to make that show strong to stop any momentum AEW might have. Yeah, I mean, they, they really have to, like, like we said, it's not a war, but they're still all going to be conscious of each other, right? And we know that AEW is definitely conscious of WWE, and we know that WWE is definitely conscious of AEW. So we're, we're going to see where that goes, and we're going to see who does what. But, but yeah. I, I wonder when well, the first direct. real shot's going to be made. Like we, We've already seen shots back and forth, like actual direct shots. But Tonight. I wonder now that they're both on... What? Tonight. I'm, I'm sure that NXT will inadvertently or, sublim- or whatever, subtly fire shots. You know, oh. And if it isn't a shot directly at AEW where they mention them or say anything about it, 
I think there's going to be enough stuff happening on that show tonight mm-hmm. that you're going to be like, holy crow, <laughs> like NXT is, they mean business, right? Something's happening tonight that's going to be big. And I think that will send a shot right away that AEW is going to like, oh, oh. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. That was uh, a very fast response. As I was saying it, you said something. I was like, wait, what'd you say? And I thought I thought you said tonight. And uh, apparently you did. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, it makes sense, right? You have the first... Um, you're the first uh, name on TV, right? You're the first of the four that are going to get that chance. You better make the, the best of it. Yep, that's why they did it. That's why they're moving two weeks early, right? They want you to to see their show, to stay on their show. And the only reason you're only getting an hour tonight and an hour on the network and the same thing next week is because there's two episodes of Suits left on USA. If it wasn't for that show, they'd be doing two hours live. So they wanted to get that in. I'm sure they're bummed that they're being bumped by Suits, but at the same time, they want that audience now and they want to have them there for two weeks so that they don't switch the channel. Yeah, I agree. All right, man, that was a good show. We covered everything. Uh, well, we'll be back here next week talking wrestling again. Uh, just before we go, I should remind you guys that uh, we are on Anchor.fm. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Podbean, wherever you find your, uh, your shows. And once again, this was episode 27, I believe, of the uh, the Smart Mark Wrestling Podcast. Is that correct, Jim? That is correct. Yes, yeah, so episode 27. And yep, they're uh, flying by. Yeah, they are flying by. We're already over half a year in, right? <laughs> yeah it's crazy when you think about it yeah it's actually a lot of uh, a lot of content and it's been fun i've enjoyed it i've technically just done my half a year mark you did yours last week so congratulations you got there early well there you go you'll get to do one show on your own one day <laughs> i'm sure it'll happen i'm sure in the yeah. next 27 episodes there'll be one that i can't make it to yeah i mean we, we have to be realistic about it we're not always going to be available at all times uh, that happens in every podcast ever where life happens and We've been really good about getting it done, even if it's a few days early, a few days late, whatever it might be. Uh, we've worked on it. This last week, unfortunately, it was like Sunday before the pay-per-view, and there was just, I mean, time was running out. But yeah, this, uh, this one was a good episode. Like you said, we kind of jam-packed things in there. And uh, again, by the way, we are presented by thesportster.com and Wrestler Write-Ups. So find us uh, there, find our content there. I know Jim writes a lot of stuff on both, uh, almost religiously at this point, which is great. <laughs> But uh, yeah, for yeah, me and no, Jim. Oh, go on, Jim. You had one more thing to say? No, nothing. I was just going to say it'll be good to uh, to get to the hell and sell content next week and then talk to shows. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that episode for sure. Yeah, yeah. It'll be good to kind of go into another pay review right away and everything going on there as well. So that'll be good. Awesome. Okay, buddy. I appreciate you running the show this week. Okay, yeah. Take care, man. Okay. Talk to you next week.